and welcome to Post Credit Brews. This is the podcast where we do a review while drinking a cold brew. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And we're coming to you live from the Post Credit Lounge, a.k.a. Matt's apartment. Yeah, we. Uh, this is a good space to podcast. I know we, we talk about it a lot. Uh, so just so everyone knows, we are recording this a little earlier than we would. Uh, Dave and I both saw The Irishman last week, so uh, we're recording our episode for it a little early. Uh, it is playing in limited release now, but it will be on Netflix on November 27th. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, we'll give everyone a chance to watch it and then listen to our review. Yeah, we, um, so for this episode, we did a special field trip. We went to New York and saw this at the, uh, the wonderful IFC Theater and, um, at 6th Avenue in New York. It was a cool theater. It was really cool. I really liked yeah. it a lot. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, I... To be completely honest with you, Dave, too, I think this is a movie that people should see in theaters. I don't know. I mean, you can sit on your couch and watch this movie, but I thought it was pretty cool actually seeing it in theaters. Yeah, um, for three and a half hours, like doing something like spectacular like this was, um, mm. it was necessary. Yeah, no, it was a, it. um, you know, Martin Scorsese movie, one of my favorite directors. So, uh, I thought he did a really good job with it. Yeah, the theater, like I guess, was really cool. Um, you had to wait out, we had to wait outside for each showtime. Like, it wasn't really like a box office. Yeah, I, I was kind of confused because I was like, "We have tickets, so why are you waiting in this line outside?" And then, you know, then they let us in, and it, it was a pretty crowded theater. Yeah, popcorn was excellent. You know, popcorn was really Some, good. Sometimes popcorns, you know, you mm-hmm. sometimes popcorns you get the uh, the the butter to the corn ratio is is off, but this was just was just absolutely perfect. Butter to corn ratio. It's it's a factor, dude. I think it's the name of another podcast, isn't it? Is it? I think so. It's like for popcorn enthusiasts. Um, caramel corn, cheddar <laughs> corn, all that stuff. Who so. would listen to a podcast about just popcorn? No comment. <laughs> uh, so why don't you go into a discussion about the beer we're going to review, Dave? Yeah, today's beer, we're going back to Broken Goblet. It's the uh, 11th and Pattison Blonde Lager. It's a pretty cool... Pretty cool concept. It's got the the street eleven to Patterson, which is obviously the uh, for any anyone local to Philadelphia like we are. It's the yeah. It's the corner that where um, all the sports complexes meet. And can I say something, Dave? Uh, which sports team is lacking on this cover? I mean, you got you got the Flyers check. You got the Sixers guy and Phillies Eagles. Um, no, nah, who who are we missing on here? Is like the police officer supposed to be the union guy or what? Where's the union on here? Really? <laughs> Alright. We, we it, don't need the union represented. It's cool. <laughs> well, Bruce Springsteen does that in every time he performs. He gives, him, what? Gives, gives him a shout-out. The union? No, that's, the, that's the mill workers' union. Oh. I mean, union. Very different team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm, I'm excited to try this beer. I've never had this. Clearly, we we're big fans of Broken Goblet. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool place. So, we want to do the crack? Yeah. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Do we want to talk about our experience in New York? So we, again, I, I'll let everyone know this. So this is a movie that will be on Netflix in, honestly, close to a week. Yeah, a week the, and a couple days. The time know. of this recording, yeah, like November, right, like right after Thanksgiving, I think. November twenty seventh. So like right before Thanksgiving. Oh, right before, yeah, you're yeah, right, you're right. Uh, so this is going to be on Netflix. Like I said, I think it's worth seeing it in theaters. But oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be on Netflix. Dave and I took a mega bus up to New York 
to see this movie. So it's about like an hour and a half to get up there. Yeah. And then I can't even tell you how long. I mean, we walked a while to get, you know, to yep. get to this theater. And then we sat in the theater for three and a half hours. Um, cool experience. I feel like most people you would say that to would just be like, why would you do that? But uh, I thought it was cool. Yeah, I had a good time. You know. You yeah. know, when you're in New York, you kind of lose, like, your sense of time and, and, mm-hmm. and location. So, you're, like, you were just walking and walking. I think it was about a good ha- half hour, 45 minutes that we yeah, were just walking. Yeah, it took a while. And I'll tell you what, though. Just being in New York, though, it's a diet bag's worst nightmare. There's nothing but just food all around you. Like, and, and not the good food. Like, no, no. Like, pizza yeah. and all that th- kind of stuff. I feel like we walked past, like, three Chick-fil-A's. Yeah. Because I didn't realize there was that many Chick-fil-A's in New York. Yeah, and McDonald's, McDonald's, too. A lot of McDonald's. Yeah. Um, New, I, York, I, New York's a little too, little too crowded for me. We actually had a little bit of trouble finding a bar to go to afterwards, and we wound up just going to a TGI Fridays. We did, and yeah, you know, I'm surprised we even got in at TGI Fridays. I know. I, I mean, didn't think we were going to. Yeah, and also like you said, like it was when we, the movie let out, it was five o'clock on a Friday, and like mm-hmm. that's like the biggest like compilation and crowd of people I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Um. It was cool though. I did like uh, I did like going to TGI Fridays afterward. Yeah, you know, you know um, for happy hour deals. Yeah, for ex- as expensive. New York is really expensive. New York's way too expensive. Yeah. Remember the one time we we so this isn't our first time going to New York. We mm-hmm. went um a couple times. We saw Seth Meyers a couple times. We saw Jimmy Fallon once. Mm-hmm. I think one time we were waiting for our mega bus home, and the only thing around was a McDonald's. And I swear, I think you spend like double the amount that you would in like in like. Philadelphia. Yeah. That was like the grossest bathroom I've ever been in, so like you could tell like it was just <laughs> The grossest bathroom I ever been in was um in Seattle City, New Jersey at um it was either La Costa or mm-hmm. um the Springfield. I think it might have been the Springfield. Just the most it's it's vile. It's pretty nasty. No, that one St. Patrick's Day bar bar crawl we did this past year. Might have been the grossest bathroom I've ever been in. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're talking about. At the end about. of the night, it was just, oh. <laughs> totally related to the Irishman. Well, yeah, there's a scene in the movie where Joe Pesci goes in a bathroom and he just freaks out because it's so dirty, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, what did he say exactly in that scene? Oh, I forgot. I, I, even, I forgot about the scene. Yeah. You remember? He wasn't it. as, like, boisterous as he was in, like, other, other movies. So I think he just went up to, like, the janitor and he was like, you know, can you clean this bathroom, please? Can you clean this mother bathroom, please? <laughs> but he was reserved in this. He wasn't as uh, as showy. Yeah. But uh, what what else kind of... So, so anything else we want to talk about with New York, Dave? No, I mean... No. Me- taking the Megabus was kind of cool. Like, it's a cool way to mm-hmm. go get to and from different states like that for, for your buck. I mean, if yeah. you reserve your seat ahead of time more than so than we did, you can get it, like, really, really cheap. You can get it really cheap, yeah. Um, and we are in no way sponsored by Megabus, but if Megabus wants to throw some dollars our way, we will promote you guys. So, yeah, Irishman. We'll always give this warning, too. Like, if you have not seen The Irishman, yeah. if you intend on seeing The Irishman... We're not going to give like a full breakdown, but we are going to talk about certain scenes and talk about certain different plot lines and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So if you haven't seen it and you intend on seeing it without any, any biased opinions, this is your cue. Please stop listening now. 
But also, like, no excuses. Because by the time this podcast drops, it'll be on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And if you cannot devote three and a half hours to watching this movie, I don't want you listening to this podcast at all. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely just go and um, grab yourself an 11 The Pattison Blonde Lager. Because it'll be a home run, this movie. And the beer. That was a bad one, wasn't it? Painful, dude. <laughs> I'm serious, though. If none of you have watched The Irishman yet, do not listen to this. And if you have no intentions of watching The Irishman, just unsubscribe right now. Because I cannot have... Wait, 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 wait. Don't tell them not to subscribe. We need the subscribers, dude. No. This is my favorite movie of the year so far. So if I can't get these people on board, I have failed as a podcaster. Matt, we have a we have a budget to maintain, though. We need subscribers. <sighs> All right, you guys can keep listening, but just I'm gonna drop that right. This is my favorite movie of the year so far, and these these are the types of movies that I I like a lot. Whether we're talking about The Godfather, whether we're talking about Goodfellas, and I I really did get like that like Godfather Godfather Part Two epic feel. From this movie. Of all the three, I think Joe Pesci stood out the most. And I think what stood out to me with Joe Pesci is, like, he wasn't playing this, like, brass character that he's always playing. Your neighbor has a dog? Neighbor does have a dog. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, it's weird. I can hear the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually you can't. But I, Joe Pesci, you know, I haven't seen him in a movie in, in years, and I'm I'm going to surprise you in a little bit, Dave. Uh, drop some nice Joe Pesci knowledge on you. But uh, I thought of all the three, he stood out the most. Like, I think De Niro was great in it. I thought Pacino was just kind of... I, Pacino's good, but he was just... A lot of the yelling, a lot of the... Ha! You know? Yeah, he did, he, like did, he did do a lot of yelling in this movie. Um, but the, Joe Pesci, he wasn't, like, yelling. He wasn't screaming. He was very, like, reserved. Uh, wasn't the Joe Pesci you saw in, like, Casino or Goodfellas and all that stuff. Uh, so Dave, Joe Pesci's IMDb. Uh, so after the Irishman, so he was in a movie called A Warrior's Tale in 2015. No idea what that is. And then he was in a movie called Love Ranch in 2010. <laughs> and I'm gonna read you the IMDb summary for this. So this is Joe Pesci as a lead in this movie. A drama centered around a married couple who opened up the first legal brothel in Nevada. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think he had a lead role in this. I don't know. I don't think I want to see this. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was one of the leads in this. Was he an active member of the brothel? Uh, no, I think he, he invented the brothel. I don't think he took part you know, oh. in anything that happened there. But Well, then I have no interest in that, son. It's whatever. <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, nah, man, his, I mean, he did Lethal Weapon 4 in 98, Good Shepherd in 2006, so he's got some gaps in between, but I think, I think I read he was like the toughest to try and get on board for this movie, and I think, like I said, you look at his IMDb, like he really, he doesn't do that many movies. I heard he came out of, um, retirements in a, in a way to do this movie because they kept begging him to do it. Maybe, I mean, this is a good movie for him to, uh, you know, to star in. He's, he's got a good track record with Martin Scorsese. He's nominated for his first Oscar for Raging Bull, and then he won for Goodfellas. And uh, he probably gives the best Oscar speech. Everyone here, YouTube, Joe Pesci wins Oscar. Well, you, you, could just, you could just quote the whole thing right here if you wanted to. You can. It's my pleasure. 
and he walks it off. <laughs> so, uh, no, Joe Pesci was good in this. De Niro, Pacino were good. There's a lot of good supporting roles. Like Harvey Keitel's in it for a little bit. Uh, Ray Romano is in it. Ray Romano's had a good good past few years. Yeah. He's, he's jumping back in. He's done a lot since Everyone Loves Raymond, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He was really good in, uh, did you see The Big Sick? The, the Big Sick. Um, I think I might have seen it. Yeah, it was, he, he was really good in that. Um, I remember he was he had a continuing role on that show, Parenthood. Parenthood. I didn't watch Parenthood. I know you watched a little bit of it. Watched a little bit of it, yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, it's I mean it's a good movie. Bobby Cannavale's in this for a little bit. Are we missing anyone? I don't think so. Yeah. I, don't, I mean Jesse Plemons plays plays a, a small role in it. Jesse Plemons is in this. He's had a good uh, good career the past few years. But uh, so I mean so you're pretty much introduced to Frank Sheeran, who is Robert De Niro. And, uh, you know, we're not going to give you a full synopsis, but he was, his whole thing was, you can kind of see he was like a schemer a little bit in the beginning of the movie. And then he gets involved with Joe Pesci, who Mm -hmm. kind of like ropes him into this whole like crime family thing that he's doing, um, which eventually leads to his involvement with Jimmy Hoffa. And I, what's the one saying they say, I heard you paint houses. Yeah. Um, Which I guess is like a subtle nod to like, I hear like you do like low key jobs, like different things like that. Um, he was essentially like the muscle for Pacino. Yeah. Who was like deeply involved in the unions and kind of the Teamsters. And, uh, you know, the movie opens with you see Robert De Niro working as a trucker. And that's like Jimmy Hoffa's whole big thing. It's just like the trucker's union and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. The one thing I noticed about De Niro in this too was um, even from the beginning when he was started doing just the small favors for um, mm-hmm. for the, the small mobs. And another thing, this... Whole movie is based out of Philadelphia, so nice little local salute. Good, yeah. A majority um, of the movie is yeah, Philly based. In a lot of um, like iconic like restaurant scenes and mm-hmm. and different uh, places were mentioned it too. Yeah, but just from the beginning, De Niro um, he uses his trucking company to uh, give the mob discount steaks. Yeah, and like, I think like funny. He, yeah, I, I, when I first saw it, I was like, is this really like what this whole movie is about? Mm-hmm. But no, it, it gets into deeper things. Because he that that's how he gets into the mob, but I think just yeah. from him doing that alone, it's his character um is always tr- trying needing to go above and beyond for someone to feel accepted. That's kind of the, the the feel that I got for it. Something, yeah. I mean, he he's loyal to like all, you know all he's involved in. Oh yeah. Um, even up to the point of like Jimmy Hoffa, where you know he's like really loyal to him, even though the mob really kind of doesn't always see eye to eye with him. I felt like a big connection between Frank and Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I mean, you, you kind of just jump through the years. You see, you know, Frank with his family. They really don't go into too much detail with his family. There is, again, we're getting into spoilers here, but there is one scene that I felt like was really telling in the movie where he he comes home from work and then he hears the wife say, um, you know, I, I forget what the daughter's name was, but that she... Her name was um, Peggy. Peggy, that's right. Yeah, well, Peggy goes into the store, and I guess somehow, like, the store clerk accidentally bumped into her, and uh, she was all upset about it, and then Frank takes Peggy down to the store, and he just, he beats the crap out of this guy. Yeah. Like, right in the middle of the street, and you can tell Peggy's just, like, traumatized from this. Mm-hmm. And, and that carried through the remainder of the movie. Yeah. Um, there's that one scene in the bowling alley where, you know, I mean, she's frightened by both Frank and... Joe Pesci's character. Joe um, Pesci's character's name Joe is Pesci. Russell. Russell. Okay. Yeah. She's she's traumatized by both like Frank and Russell, and I think she kind of makes the connection of like my dad's hanging out with this Russell guy, 
this Russell guy doesn't seem like he's a good guy. Which contrasts her relationship with Jimmy Hoffa when Frank starts hanging out with Jimmy Hoffa and their families get together. And, you know, from my perspective, I felt like she saw Jimmy Hoffa as, like, a genuinely good guy. Regardless of some of the stuff he was doing on the side, I felt like, compared to Russell, you know, I guess she seemed to like her dad a lot more when he was with Jimmy Hoffa. His, uh, Jimmy Hoffa's relationship with, like, friendship relationship with, Mm -hmm. um, De Niro's daughter was, um, a little too close to comfort. Like, it was just a little, little too weird for me. See, I felt comfortable when they were in the bowling alley with Joe Pesci. You felt uncomfortable. He was like, "Yeah, it just—I don't know. It felt weird, like you know." <laughs> well, I don't like, know. imagine like little frail Joe Pesci coming in and telling you and talking to you the way he was talking to her. I mean, saying like, "Call me Uncle Russell." And yeah, all that. Yeah. So I don't. But I mean, the Jimmy Hoffa stuff. They, yeah, that seemed like they were. Um, did he? Did he? I mean, maybe they were pretty close. Maybe but. it was just like him acting that way. Maybe because he doesn't have a daughter. Maybe it was kind maybe. of something like that. Yeah, but I was more so concerned with how. Frank was not creeped out by it at all. Like you said, the man's like loyal to a T, so like, I don't think he would want to like get in, jeopardize what he has the connection yeah. with him. Did I think we also might be reading into it too much? I don't know. Because it, it didn't really take go anywhere in the movie, you know. Yeah, um, it really didn't. But it stood out. It stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I and where does the movie kind of go from there? You see Frank doing jobs for Jimmy Hoffa. Um, I did like the scene with the taxis. Where they're like pushing him into the the harbor, and then yeah. he's like, "Do you ever use candy?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What?" And then like he just they just blow up all the taxis. Yeah, yeah. Instead of putting them in the harbor like they were. One scene that stood out to me that I really really liked. Again, nice connection to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Daenerys talking about how um, like once he gets into the into the the Philly mob, mm-hmm. he's just going on saying like you know like the thing things are done a certain way, and the one thing he said was that. Everyone has a secret spot that they store all the all the guns that they want to get rid of, and it's like a, you just see like a, like a compilation video of him just throwing guns into the Schuylkill River. Yeah, yeah. What does he say? He's like, "There's so many weapons down there, he could arm a small country." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, throughout the movie, you kind of see him doing these different different jobs, you know, for whether it be Hoffa or Pesci. Russell, let's call him Pesci, why not? Yeah. And uh, you know what I thought was interesting, too, was Hoffa's whole, like, animosity toward the Kennedys, which I thought was was pretty interesting. It gives some good, like, historical context to the mm-hmm. movie. Well, the, but, whole, the whole thing is because um, John F. Kennedy just gets elected. Pesci freaks out, and I thought it was a, a really funny way he freaked out, too, mm-hmm. just sitting, like, he's sitting on his couch with, like, every, everybody. And, and he's Chino? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's just screaming and screaming and freaking out. Yeah, and it's because um, JFK's um brother is a lawyer that's trying yeah. trying trying mm-hmm. to just crack down on on Jimmy Hoffa's involvement in in, in the crime mob. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to take him down. Mm-hmm. Did you notice the the part in the movie when they show um the news coverage of JF- John F. Kennedy getting assassinated, and like he just walks back to like his table at the, at the diner and just like sits there in silence. He was eating his ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Hoffa loved ice cream, by the way. Yeah. They show him eating ice cream a lot in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with them, at, whenever, whenever he's out with yeah. um, De Niro's daughter um, mm-hmm. in prison, when he goes to prison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did notice that, though. Yeah, and then, you know, the scene where they're putting the flag outside of his building at half-mast, and he goes onto the roof, and he puts it back at, like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. puts it back, like, flying fully. Um, I thought that was, uh, yeah. That that kind of showed how much he really 
did not like the Kennedys. No, not at all. <laughs> so, uh, and then, do we want to kind of go into some more of the movie? I'm trying to think of what else we can talk about. I feel like we hit most of the points. Um, I, I feel like obviously most people can kind of see where this movie is leads. You know, I, I know you have some good points to bring up, Dave, with the whole like Hoffa, you know, how he died, what happened. Yeah, I did. I did a little bit of research in, into um into Jimmy Hoffa. It's a pretty inter- interesting story. I'm not gonna go into into full details about like his whole life and stuff like that, but you know, he just vanished one day, just yeah, just up and vanished. And and I, I think one of the things is um. I think it was never, you were never completely sure of exactly, like, what happened. And I think this movie kind of hints at that, too, where it's like, I think they've acknowledged, like, look, this might not be exactly what happened, but this is how we're telling this story. So, you know, when the scene, which you can kind of tell what we're talking about plays out at the end of the movie, you're kind of leaving, you know, you're left questioning, is that what happened? Yeah, I I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Um, You got it. Yeah, so I did some research on them. What actually happened to Jimmy Hoffa? Mm-hmm. So, this whole movie is actually based off a book. It's called um, "I Heard You Paint Houses." Frank the Irishman and the closing of the case of Jimmy Hoffa. Mm-hmm. It was written in two thousand and four okay. by Charles Brandt, and it's pretty much just the basic account of the movie. Spoiler alert: It's a claim that um that, that Frank, you know, shoots Hoffa in the head. Yeah, he get and he gets cremated, mm-hmm. like he does in the movie. Yeah, yeah. In 2006, the Detroit Free Press mm. released a 56-page FBI report called the, the Hofax Memo. Mm. And it's pretty much just, just I think, what the general public thinks is the, is the real claim is that he was killed by organized crime figures. Yeah. Kind of related to the one I just mentioned, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think this is what the one most people believe. Mm-hmm. This is the one that really makes, makes it, makes, is, a, is an eye-opener. In 2006, there was a book called... Um, the Iceman, Confessions of a Mafia Contract Killer. And it's all about a veteran criminal, Richard Kuklinski. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. And he claims that the body was um was placed in a 50-gallon drum. It was set on fire, and then they were worried that they were gonna, that authorities were going to find it, so they compacted it into a 4-by-2-foot cuboid rectangle, like solid like block. And then they sold that with a group of, group of shard metals to Japan, and that's and it, it, his body was 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 used to make new cars. That's sounds like something you can only find on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. The, the Discovery Channel has a MythBusters episode, mm-hmm. and they debunked the theory that his body was actually buried inside Giant Stadium in the Meadowlands. I've heard. I mean, that's the one that I've always heard mm-hmm. is that that's where he's he's buried. And then, of course, I, I mean, just more and more claims that, like you know, the. the Police are called out every now every now and then to different areas of Michigan to uh to at like suburban houses and mm-hmm. just trying to think of the property and see if maybe the body's there. It's there, yeah. What do you think? I, I gotta go with just the, with just um the Japan guard there. No, I'm just kidding. He he was de- he was de- I think he was definitely out ousted. You know. Yeah. Like, I mean, regardless of whether or not it was Frank that did it, I think he was involved with some some shady people. You mm-hmm. know, and I think eventually you know some stuff kind of caught up to him. And mm-hmm. This is what happened. Yeah. So, I mean, like that's kind of interesting with the, uh, just how people just vanish like that. You know, like mm-hmm. you never, never really know what happened to Elvis Presley. Yeah, you never really know what happened well, to, to Tupac Shakur. <laughs> I think you know Elvis. Then he died on the toilet. Ah, shit, he did. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they want you to believe. Yeah, that's a pretty crappy ending, if you ask me. Yeah. yeah.
I just want to take one minute and talk about the beer for today's show, 11th and Patterson. It's a blonde lager from Broken Goblet. Yeah, no, and I, you know, before we jump into just completely reviewing the beer, we got to talk about the artwork on here. And, uh, you know, I mean, they all just look like classic Phillies fans. You got the Eagles fan, the Phillies fan, the Sixers fan, and my personal favorite is this Flyers fan, because she does not look, no, like... She doesn't look like she knows where she is at all. Um, I think she had one too many of these 11th and Pattinsons and is just like, you know. At least the other guys, like, they look, you know. Well, if you notice, all the other people in this in this have a beer, and she she doesn't have one. She just got a rally she, she, she got her hands raised. I was like, where, like, where's my beer at? Yeah. Well, she, what I like to imagine is the Phillies fan up there stole her beer because he has a beer. Yeah. And she's trying to get it back because she, she looks pissed. Mm-hmm. She looks pissed and she looks confused, and I I don't blame her to be honest with you. Um, the Eagles fan is good though; it's a it's a classy Eagles fan right there. Yeah, looks, looks like he just um mm-hmm. just came out out of a win. Yeah, like let's go. Yeah, and I like to think it's pretty cold here, so that Sixers fan honestly probably should put a sweatshirt on. And uh, this is a good beer. This was um again like I'm not not super crazy about the craft beers because I think they can be like really hoppy sometimes, but I think this was. Uh, this is a good balance, not being super hoppy, but you can tell it's a craft beer. Yeah, and it's like five percent, five point seven percent alcohol too. So it's not like it's too overbearing. Mm-hmm. It's like it's got a nice um nice balance. Yeah, it's not like too like you said. It's not too hoppy. It's mm-hmm. it's something that I think anyone could could drink and enjoy. Yeah, the 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 can says, ha, going off eleventh and Pattinson in Philadelphia is not just a geographical of our four major sports teams. It's the hub where passion, ah, grit, whore, determination, ha, and a healthy dose of Philly pride spread out from tailgate lot to tailgate lot. And sometimes when you're in fact tailgate and you want to keep it simple and still local and crafty, this beer is just that, low, bitterness, approachable with a hint of citrus from the hops and a refreshingly light finish. Wear your colors proud, proudly. And enjoy your tribute to the heart of Philly sports. We'll see you in Lock K. Did you really just recite that as De Niro, Pesci, and Pacino? Don't worry about it. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. It's a good beer, though. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and I recommend it. it. Go ahead and taste it. I give it a 4 out of 5. Yeah, I'll give it a 4 out of 5. Yeah. It's good? 4 out of 5 brews. Mm-hmm. So. And you know, for a movie that's... Three and a half hours, like The Irishman, available on Netflix on November 27th, you might need a, cu- a couple of days. I-, I think maybe a full case might do the job to get this to get through this movie. I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, we did well without it, but yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. So. So, but we couldn't bring it into the, into the theater. I would have, but, you know. Yeah. Would have been frowned upon. Nah, yeah. But Especially when we were saw in New York, they would, they would not want to see this Philly can around there. Not at all. But go out, get yourself on 11th and Pattinson. Go watch The Irishman on Netflix, November 27th. Welcome back to post Credit Brews with Matt and Dave. Is, uh, is there anything else we want to talk about with The Irishman? Or do we want to jump into some of Martin Scorsese's stuff? Yeah, we could jump into Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Uh, what's your go-to Martin? Like, what's your favorite Martin Scorsese movie? Probably The Departed. Part is good, and I think that's a good starting point for us here. So Martin Scorsese, he won Best Director for The Departed. The Departed won Best Picture that year. 
And I think his career since then, I feel like, is, is pretty interesting if you look at it. Mm-hmm. So you jump to... So he wins the Oscar for The Departed. And then the next movie he does comes out in 2010 with Shutter Island. Which yeah. I think is is an underrated movie of his. I think people forget about that a lot. You know, I really forgot about Shutter Island. Yeah. It, it was good. I mm-hmm. liked that movie a lot. Yeah. DiCaprio's good in it. It's got Mark Ruffalo's in it. And then he after Shutter Island, he does Yugo. Which comes out in 2011, which is like a kids movie, but like he he was really pioneering this like 3D technology for the movie. Is um, it the same technology they used for the Polar Express? Like it's like it looks like the same kind of like no, no. It was just um he he did something with 3D in it. I forget exactly what it was, but it was back like a couple years after Avatar when like everything and anything was 3D. Yeah, um, but I, I think actually, he actually made it look like it, it, it fit the story. It wasn't just like a cheesy like let's do 3D to do 3D. I haven't seen Hugo in a while. I thought it was good. I, I never mean, I never saw Hugo. Yeah. But he jumps from Hugo and his next movie is Wolf of Wall Street. It's like a kid's movie to like, probably one of the raunchiest movies ever. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? One thing that, one quality you mentioned with Martin Scorsese that like always pops up in these movies is like, like Christian values and that kind of stuff. Like it, mm. I, I think it definitely like expresses a lot of like his religion into some of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, while, while also like, you know, he's also like, Pretty pretty raunchy with some things mm-hmm. too. So like, you know, like he has that in the in the back burner, or like under like the Catholic values and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, did you know? Did you notice that like for a mom movie there was no like sexuality and any any like no romance, no nothing. This was just a straight like like um, killer mo- killer mom movie. It was just a violent mob movie. It wasn't you know it didn't involve any of that other stuff. Like might have been like Scarface, you know. Uh, Especially so. with these guys older, I kind of glad they didn't go that route. You didn't want to see any type of scene with, like, Joe Pesci or anything? Oh, no. No. <laughs> Joe, Pesci, right. Joe Pesci looks like he's on his last limbs right now. Like, you ever see the recent picture of him? I haven't, no. Should I Google like, it? I, I mean, he's he's one of the, one of the best, and he's a great, he's a great dude, I'd, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. But, like, he looks like he's sick, he's sickly thin. You, you looking it up? Joe Pesci, 2019. I mean, just look look how look how thin he is. He does look very thin. He's got a weird mustache too. I got this. I got this weird theory that that like um, he wanted to do one more one more movie like this before he goes out. Maybe I mean again we we went through his IMDb. I haven't haven't seen him do too much recently. Um, he does look very thin. He likes wearing uh, fedoras or whatever that is. You know, he really didn't do do much in this movie, but like him just sitting there in a room, you know, he, I think he kind of stole the show. I, yeah, no, I thought he was, um, like I said, of, of all the three, I thought he was the best. And it wasn't like like none. I, I mean, again, like I said, Pacino's Pacino, but it's, yeah, it's definitely... I thought of all of them, like there wasn't a lot of yelling, it wasn't a lot of like cursing, it was just like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. straightforward. The very mild manner version. Like yeah, it, like um, it was a, a nice. It was like, you know, one one end of the spectrum. You got um, Casino. You mm-hmm. got um, you got Father. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, where he's you know like he's loud, uh, um, boisterous, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He wasn't very really loud. And did you ever see my cousin Vinny? I never seen it. You, I know you recommend it uh, he, for me. Uh, he's he's great in it too. Like he brings out the comedy. Like he does all the comedy in that. Yeah, and just and just like um, we did um, Home Alone. 
But he's also kind of letting him alone to him. Really very comedic. Yeah. 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 No, I, uh... You know I, what? You never really think you'd expect... I don't think you'd expect a, a comedy side to Joe Pesci. You don't get it in this, I will say. But, yeah, you know, you wouldn't expect a comedy side from him. You just, you know, like I say, he's just that loud, you know, mm-hmm. loud kind of guy. But, uh, so, Martin Scorsese, so we talked about Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I think it's Leo's best performance. You know. Yeah. Jonah Hill's really good in it, so. Then you jump to 2016 with Silence. Now, what I think is interesting with Silence is, so Silence came out in 2016. It's about, you know, a couple, like, missionary priests who go and search for, like, another priest who kind of, like, went rogue. I forget where it's set. But they go and try and, like, rescue him. And this movie, I mean, this movie got, like, decent reviews, but it just, like, it completely tanked at the box office. Like, no one saw it. I think it got, like, a Christmas release or, like, early January release. And, like, like no one saw this movie. I think they were too busy seeing, like, Rogue One or something. I don't know. Think the context of it has, any, has anything to do with it? Yeah, I mean, people, you know, people aren't going out and trying to watch, like, movies about, you know, missionaries trying to, you know... That new movie, Two Popes, actually looks pretty good. That's coming out. That does look good, yeah. Um, I just saw a trailer for it. That was the first time I saw a trailer for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, no, I, I, you know, I, I just don't think people were super interested in this story. I know, like, Silence, this is a big passion project for Martin Scorsese. But, uh, like I said, it didn't make any money at the box office. And I, I think it's kind of telling, like I said, the budget for The Irishman was pretty expensive, the visual effects and all that right, stuff. Right. But I think it says something that after silence didn't do too well like his next movie is a movie released on netflix yeah um so i just thought that was interesting you no know, i think um go back to your point that um people weren't going to see that latest one do you think it has anything to do with like the run times of all these movies because his movies are very very long silence was long silence he's, was like close to two and a half three hours yeah like he's very detail oriented mm-hmm which, you know, for, for certain things, like if you're writing a book, that's great. Though, you know, do an 8,000-page book if you want to do it. But, like, for, if you're trying to, trying to grab someone's attention, mm-hmm. you know, I thought three and a half hours, like, it was the movie, this movie was starting to get stale, like, toward the end of it. I did, you know, I think I need to give it another watch. I thought it dragged a little bit at the end, where I was just like, let's go, let's go, let's mm-hmm. go. But, um, I, I thought it was, I thought the, the movie overall ended pretty well. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean... I think this movie is so different from, like, all the other movies we just talked about that he's done since The Departed. Um, again, like, I think it kind of goes back to, like, this movie reminded me of him doing Goodfellas, doing Casino, and, uh, you know, it also helps that he's got those, like, main actors that were in those movies in this. Uh, but this is also the first time he's ever worked with Pacino. Yeah. Which I think is, like, crazy. Yeah, right? You know? Well, they just said that they, they um, they're trying to test the waters with this when they were starting it by recording... A, a scene from a, the Godfather re- recreating it and seeing like with the with the with the de aging and seeing how it, it would mm-hmm. go. Yeah, I think years ago. I mean, I think this movie's been in development for a little bit. They wanted to do it, and yeah, so they did a screen test of an old scene from Goodfellas, and I guess they like did it with like De Niro and stuff, and they de aged him to see if they can make it look like it did back then. Um, which I think, like, I know you, you would point it out. You're like, it'd be a cool, like, bonus feature. Yeah. To see, like, what that scene would look like. But I guess, yeah, I guess it worked out, and they were like, all right, we're going to do this movie this year. Well, did you hear that, like, Paramount was supposed to have it, and they mm-hmm. dropped it. 
I think and Netflix paid what like two hundred million dollars for it, or some crazy number like that. Something like that. I mean, I think Netflix pretty much just gave Martin Scorsese, you know, just like free range to do what he wanted, and I, I think most of the budget was just this like de aging technology that they made De Niro look like he looked like in the seventies and the eighties. Um, same with Pesci and Pacino. So, I, I mean, I think that was just such a significant amount of money for the movie. I will say with the movie, I, there are some moments where it's like, you, you couldn't even tell it was visual effects. I think the younger Robert De Niro was in the movie, like the more like noticeable it was, where you were like, and it was the eyes. Like, I could tell with the eyes, where I was just like, okay, like, he, he looks like an animated character a little bit. <laughs> but, I mean, those were just like small things. Everything else, I thought... Look perfect. Oh yeah. I couldn't tell if they DH Pacino though. I will say that. No, no, not really. I, I mean, I'm, they, they did. I'm pretty sure, but like he didn't. He didn't look any like any much younger. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely noticeable, like you said, with um the Nero. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was the hair. Like when they the were doing gotcha. doing like the flashbacks to yeah. him. Like definitely the hair. You could tell from that. Yeah. But no, I mean, I think Martin Scorsese, the director, is is one of the best out there. What are your thoughts on like the whole like Marvel debate with him? You know, I mean, I I can sort of see what he's saying, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, he just, he just mentioned perfectly, like, his last movie just, like, flopped besides this. Yeah. I don't think Marvel's had a flop yet. No. Yeah, well, I, I think what people don't understand is the whole, like, Marvel debate with Martin Scorsese is, like, I don't think he's anything wrong with Marvel movies. I think for him, it's more of, like, these are the movies that are getting released in theaters, and, like, no one's going to see Silence. Yeah. No one's going to see The Irishman. Like, I gotta find alternate ways to, like, get these movies to people. And, like, Netflix is gonna be that option for me. Or, like, streaming the movie. Rather than having it play in a movie theater that I'm used to, like, my entire life. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you look at, like, all of his movies. They've all got theatrical releases. And now, when you go to the movies, you have, like, seven different superhero movies playing. Which, like, I enjoy them. But... You know, at the same time, like I said, like I think it's good to see movies like this in the theater too, yeah. and not just those movies. Yeah, I'm a big, so. I'm a big fan of like Marvel, and mm-hmm. like, we both are a fan of Marvel, and, yeah. and I guess DC too to an extent, but like especially Marvel because they know how to like write a movie and then have it connect to a different movie. So you're you're mm-hmm. you're it, it's a smart business way, business model because you're locked yeah. you're locked into seeing Iron Man three mm-hmm. because you might have something that connects to the Avengers that's coming out next year. Yeah, and, and people always describe the Marvel movies as like it's it's just like a you know, it's an expanded T V show. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. Like you, you see the one movie, you stay for the post credit scene and then it's just um you know, what else is gonna happen in like the next movie and stuff like that. Right, right. But I, I can see where he's coming from, you know, with just, like, wanting movies like this to play in theaters. Because I think theaters, like, refuse to, like, play The Irishman. I mean, we saw it, like I said, like, in, like an art house theater. But, like, I don't think The Irishman is playing at AMC. I don't think it's playing at Regal. Uh, personally, I think this movie would make a lot of money if it played in one of those those chains. I think people would go out and see this. It would, yeah. No, I, so, I, I'd agree with you. Especially with it getting, like, Oscar buzz and all that stuff. It's definitely gonna be nominated for something. I don't know what. Mm-hmm. I don't know who, but something is. It's definitely gonna get some awards for it's it. It's got some Oscar. I mean, Netflix has some really, really good movies that are uh, gonna get some serious awards consideration this year. Yeah, just so, just just the three names out there: De Niro, Pesci, and um, Pacino. Pacino, yeah, yeah. So we want to stick on to like that conversation. What chances do you think this movie has come Oscar season? 
I think it at least has a running for Best Picture. I mean, you can nominate up to ten movies. So I, I think this definitely gets in there. Do you think Pesci gets nominated for like Best Supporting Actor? Maybe. We'll, we'll see. I can... To be honest with you, I could see all three of these guys getting nominated. I could see De Niro getting nominated for Best Actor. I could see Pacino and Pesci getting nominated for Best Supporting. But I think, like, if they were to both get nominated, I think they would cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. So I don't think either of them would have a chance of winning. And, like, like for me personally, I think Best Supporting Actor this year, I think it should go to Brad Pitt. I thought Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was was great. Yeah, I still have to see that. So, yeah, it was a good movie. But I, I, I think he... You know, from my personal opinion, I think he he should win that category if he even gets nominated. Right, right. Um, and then De Niro, like I, I think De Niro's got kind of a um, it's a crowded race for him. So mm-hmm. you figure you got like Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, he'll probably get nominated. Um, Adam Driver's getting some good buzz for Marriage Story, another Netflix movie. But uh, I mean, I'm not expecting De Niro to win this or anything. So, but um, it'd be cool to see him nominated. You just brought up an interesting point. You said Adam Driver has a Netflix movie kind of that's getting him an Oscar buzz. Mm-hmm. The Irishman is going right to Netflix. Do you think Netflix has become the new movie theater where like, where like that's gonna be the hub for like? I think they're trying to go for like best picture and like like award nominee like like caliber films. I think yeah. I mean, I this year I think the two movies that you'll definitely see at the Oscars from Netflix. I mean, you figure you had Roma last year. You know that that mm-hmm. got nominated for a ton. And then I think this year, Netflix is... Re- I mean, Netflix is a few movies that they're going to be pushing, but I think the main ones that they're really pushing hard on, um, that they're really pushing is The Irishman and Marriage Story. Yeah. So, um, but no, I mean, I think they're, you know, they're clearly, like, have the money to spend on the talent. Like I said, this movie's supposed to be incredibly expensive to make, and, you know, a lot of that was just the visual effects. But uh, it worked out. Like I said, this is uh, Irishman is my favorite movie of the year, you know. And I think Oscar wise, like I said, like picture, I think Scorsese gets nominated for best director. I think all three of these guys are getting nominated. Yeah, that's just what I think. But I could totally say um, it. I don't think any of them a chance of winning, but I think all three of them get nominated. So, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously, like this get nominated for best visual effects, things like that. Um, did you laugh when I said that? Was that you? What? I felt like when I brought up. Like the visual effects in the movie, you were just like the visual effects. What? Because <laughs> like, well, you you don't just, think just, of that. Just like, no, this is maybe like afterward. Oh, after oh, we saw the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, it's true. Like I don't think you think of it. Like when you think of visual effects, yeah, you think of like those Marvel movies. Whereas mm-hmm. like with this, it was like, I mean, the visual effects were almost like seamless. Like you couldn't even tell. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's there. This might win visual effects too. So. It, it's totally possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other stuff we want to talk about, like Oscar wise, with this one? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for it. Like, I think I'm in the same boat as you. This might be the best mm-hmm. movie that I've seen to year so far. Yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. I mean, there's been some good movies this year too. I did like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a lot, but this, uh, for now, this is my favorite of the year so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's saying a lot when you have to sit down and watch it for three and a half hours. Yeah, you know what sucked about that too is that we were in the front row of the, the- of of this theater. It's a mm-hmm. small little theater. Yeah, and like my neck was killing me like a- afterwards because mm-hmm. my neck you were just sitting up like looking up like that the entire time. Yeah. See, I didn't mind it because like the leg room was pretty nice. Yeah, you, like sometimes you'll sit in these theaters and it's like you really don't have too much room. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you you know you had some space. 
Yeah, the, so. yeah, yeah. You made a good point. The leg room definitely compensates for the mm-hmm. the the tilting of the neck. Yeah. But cool theater. It was cool. It was um, cool theater. It's it was one of those like like in, like independent theaters like they don't yeah they don't it's not really commercialize that that much. Mm-hmm. I think only certain films get get sent there. Get released in it. Yeah. But uh, I'd recommend seeing this movie. This oh, yeah. theater. Seeing it regardless, like. I mean, I'm excited to watch it again on Netflix. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I, I I'll give it a five out of five. Five out. It's a it's a good rating, Dave. I'd give four and a half out of five, maybe. I think I would give it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what I wasn't a fan of. Like I said, I think it dragged a little bit at the end. And Scorsese runs into that too, where I think he his movies are a little longer than some other movies, and it's not that they they're like bad or anything but i think he he has trouble kind of like trying to like edit it down mm-hmm. drop it down whereas like they said it's a netflix movie so like he doesn't have a studio saying like you have to make this movie two and a half hours you have to make this movie three hours he's just going to make the movie he wants to make right so see um, I'm, I'm giving a five out of five because it, got, it kept my attention for three and a half hours that's fair that's fair i'll take that if a movie yeah. could do that it's it, it means it was really good it means it was good yeah so uh, anything else? I think I had another topic I want to bring up. Yeah, what do you want to talk about? Oscar chances. So, what move, Martin Scorsese, do you like it when he works with De Niro more, or do you like it when he works with DiCaprio more? Because, just for everyone out there, it's it, it's interesting, because I think his career when he was younger, he worked with De Niro on a lot of things. So, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, The King of Comedy, Cape Fear, Goodfellas, Casino, all them, and then... The first movie he worked on with DiCaprio was Gangs of New York. So he had Gangs of New York, The Departed, Shutter Island, Wolf of Wall Street. I feel like I'm missing one. I don't know if I am or not. I think he. But I think he got them. Got I'm them sure he's going to work with them again. Oh, The Aviator. He worked The Aviator. Right. Right. Okay. So, I I also think it's it's tough to compare too. I think DiCaprio is a really good actor, but I think I mean De Niro has just been around longer. Yeah. You know. And I think De Niro's had more iconic, uh, had more iconic roles in Scorsese movies than DiCaprio has. I I have to say both. They, like I think he does well with both of them. Mm-hmm. And for um, for Scorsese with uh, De Niro, it's I think you could do a lot more like like Oscar worthy content with him. Mm-hmm. You know, like De Niro fits fits the role of, like the mob the mobster perfectly well, and all yeah. the roles that he that he has like. Almost like perfect casting for it too, mm-hmm. but what I would say with the with um DiCaprio and Scorsese is that I think Scorsese can appeal to a wider range of an audience with DiCaprio because Di, um, DiCaprio is still I think considered a, a, a young a young 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 actor and he's in his forties, right? Yeah, he's, but, he, but he's I don't in his forties. But I think you know if you know the the generation now, I feel like. You give them an option. It's like, are you going to see a course You know, are you going to see a Leonardo DiCaprio movie? Or are you going to see a Robert De Niro movie? Yeah, like, like I, I, I would say mostly for like, um, women in general will just, just go crazy for DiCaprio. You know, mm-hmm. so I think like that's just another audience that like you can gravitate towards. Which yeah. I, I don't think you could necessarily get with De Niro. Not saying that, not saying that you couldn't, but I think it's more prevalent with with them, the DiCaprio ones. Just to, just to get them into the door, to get them get their Robert, seats. Robert De Niro can't get ladies. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying, though. Uh, 
Leonardo DiCaprio is a bigger box office draw than uh, Robert De Niro. Um, I mean, De Niro's had a good string of movies with Scorsese. I think one of my favorites is Taxi Driver. Yeah, Taxi Driver's really good. You know, and I know we talked about that in our Joker review, just how, how you know, the similarities between Joker and, and Taxi Driver. And then I'm trying to, Wolf, uh, definitely Wolf of Wall Street is DiCaprio's best work with Scorsese. That's his best work. Mm-hmm. I think in his career, but I think it's it's also his best work with Scorsese. If you're still confused about what we're talking about with the de aging, just go back and look at Robert De Niro in the Joker, and then go back and look at him in this movie, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I forgot he's in Joker. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was interesting. We just did a review on Joker. I know, but it's just like I say, it's interesting to think of like him in Irishman versus like him in Joker. Yeah, it's just two very different roles, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, like I said, to jump back to Martin Scorsese, I just think he's he's just a great director, you know. Yeah, uh, what do you think he's doing? Going to do next? Does he have any ending coming up? It's a good question. Should we look it up? Sure. He's got a lot of projects. He, did you ever hear the book Devil in the White City? No, I have not. He's been attached for that for a little bit. Supposedly he was going to do that with Leonardo DiCaprio. So it looks like that's going to be a TV series now. Which is interesting. And then some other movie called Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't know what that's about. He definitely does um, movies and his projects on on things that he's passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that's it. And then... So he's got a movie coming out about uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Guess who's playing Teddy Roosevelt? Uh, if I had to guess, is it, is it John Goodman? No, who's John Goodman? He'd be good, Teddy Roosevelt. He would be good. Um, Joe Pesci is going to be playing Teddy Roosevelt in this movie. Joe Pesci? Yeah. It's crazy. No, no fucking way. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. Dave, look, I'm showing you the screen that Joe Pesci is playing Teddy Roosevelt. Well, I'd be damned. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yes. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you want to see play Teddy Roosevelt? It's, I mean, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, of course, but... I think John Gunn would be a good Teddy Roosevelt. I get yeah. Uh, Leonardo's probably going to go, like, super method for this. He's going to put on all the weight. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean... Method acting, you gotta give him credit for for doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I my thing is, I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio is not a jerk about it. Like sometimes you hear some of these actors who are just like the worst people in the world when they get like super method. But like I don't, I don't know. I feel like Leo's not like horrible with it. I heard Jim Jim Carrey's a method actor. Yeah, I think he went like full method for the Grinch. Oh yeah, <laughs> for the Grinch. <laughs> What did he do? I think he was just a snout to everybody. Yeah, but he was dressed in green, right? I, I heard when he did um, Mr. Popper's Penguin, he was he was a dick, dick in that movie, too. <laughs> she walked around Hollywood with a bunch of penguins. Yeah. What else? I'm, I'm trying to think of other actors who were, you know, went really, like, method for certain stuff. You know, I mean, we talked about Christian Javel before. Mm-hmm. Um, Heath Ledger. He led her one. 
going to do that tonight. I don't I'm just thinking, of, yeah, Heath Ledger, he, he went method. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, other, like, roles. Uh, Heath Ledger went method, right? We're going to do a whole episode on just method acting. Yeah, we should. If there's any local method actors that want to come on and talk about their experience, mm-hmm. please feel free to do so. Just, yeah. Jump in over here and join us. Uh, you know, I think also, I was hearing he went full method for uh, Fantastic Four. It's Michael B. Jordan as the Human Torch. Are you, are you joking? No, I'm not joking. So... Um, it was just a full-on, I, I can't keep up with <laughs> Well, he, he must have burned out then, because I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, Dave, I mean, I think one of the things that I'll say is with, um, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio playing Teddy Roosevelt, I, I mean, he's going to go full method for that. Yeah. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think it'll be cool to see. I don't know, how does he go full method to play Teddy Roosevelt? Like, what do you... What do you think he's gonna do? I mean, I think I think the weight gain's probably be like the the most the most that he can do. I mean, I guess just trying to figure out what kind of personality that um, Teddy had. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know what else he really could do. I, you know, I it'll be interesting to see that. I mean, I think I just the Oscars this year. I feel like are. Um, just full of like much like method actors. So you have Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You have, um, you know, like De Niro for The Irishman. I don't know what he did for this movie. I don't know if he went like full on method for it. Um, I think the the one that just people really need to keep on their radar for, um, y- you know, just Oscar season. And I again, like I feel like people really aren't thinking of this movie enough, but I think um, somebody to keep an eye on, there's two people to keep an eye on, and um, that is in the the movie coming out this Christmas. You ever heard of Cats, Dave? So with Cats, you have uh, I mean, just two very method actors right here. So you have Judy Dench who's playing <laughs> who's, who's playing old Deuteronomy and I've just, I mean, some of the stuff she's trying to do as a cat, I feel like is, um, it's just full on method. So just keep your eyes on old Deuteronomy this Oscar season. And then also, uh, Jason Derulo, who is playing Rum Tum Tugger in Cats. Why is, uh, why are they even making this movie? I don't know. I, I, they're making this movie to compete with the Irishman, I think. <laughs> Like, this movie is fully competing with The Irishman. And uh, similar stories, I think. Um, Tales of Redemption. You know. Lust. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is an all-star cast right here. And I I think, uh, just for the viewers out there, we are going to be doing a uh, a full-on spoiler review of Cats next week. Dave and I got a screener for it, so... That's the cool thing about this podcast, though. They keep inviting us to these free screenings and stuff like that. I know. When are we getting the one for Uncut Gems? Because that's what we're waiting for. You know, I, I, I was sending some feelers out there, and nothing's really biting yet. Yeah. We'll keep our fingers crossed. If anyone has any contact with the Sandman, tell them to give, give us the, 
to contact us. We really, we really love to have him come on, talk yeah. to us about uncut gems. Um, I'm not familiar with this cat's play at all, but I, some of these names are really, really good. Why the hell are we doing this? One Idris Elba is playing McCavity. <laughs> Ian McKellen is playing Gus the Theater Cat. Rebel Wilson, Jenny Any Dots. Judy Dench. This is my per- old Deuteronomy. <laughs> it's the best name in the. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jason Derulo is playing Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> so keep your eyes on cats, guys. We'll be doing a review on it soon. But any final thoughts on the Irishman, Dave? Oh, you know who else is in Cats, Dave? I'm just looking at. Oh, he's he came out of retirement. Uh, Jack Nicholson. No. No, he did not. Yeah, what's he's it, in this. What's his cat's name? Cat's name is Sloppy the Feline. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't... I mean, I think... Is it, like, reminiscent to, like, his character in Anger Management, maybe? Possibly. He's sloppy, yeah. It's a mix of his character in, uh... Yeah, no, it, it's gonna be a mix of his character in The Bucket List and The Departed. So... Oh, jeez. <laughs> sloppy the feel. <laughs> but... King Sloppy. King Sloppy. Oh. Uh, any final thoughts on The Irishman, Dave? Great movie. I recommend it for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, favorite movie of the year. I know I've said that. But, yeah. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's a close second, but Irishman... I mean, you're right, man. If a movie that's three and a half hours long can kind of grab your attention like that it's worth it absolutely so yeah okay so thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of our irishman review i'm matt i'm dave and this has been post credit bruise thanks for joining